Hi, this is Nicole Roberts-Jones, and welcome to the Faith, Purpose, Profit, what I like to call the FPP podcast. What I know for sure is that one of life's greatest gifts will meet you when you go after living as the highest and best version of who God created you to be. So here's where I share thought-provoking insight and behind-the-curtain conversations that will activate you into your next level. See, I'm not here for who you already are, but for who you have not yet become. And I want you to get this. One idea from these episodes can make a remarkable difference, not just in your purpose-focused business, but in your life. Also, make sure you join the conversation in our Facebook group. Go to thebrilliancetribe.com. Now grab your pen as we begin today's session of the Faith Purpose Profit Podcast. So our conversation for today is what's love got to do with it? Listen, this is Valentine's week. So what's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with you starting your purpose-focused business? So those of you that have ever heard me talk about my brilliance framework, which I used to call my fierce framework, but I wanted men to feel included. So now I call it my brilliance framework. The first step of the brilliance framework is what are you passionate about? So, oh, by the way, today I'm starting a four-part series where I'll walk you through the layers around my framework because many of you that have been in my tribe have heard me talk about it. All of you that are in my FPP circle program, we dig deep into it. So I'm talking around the edges. And the reason I'm doing that is because these are the things that people take for granted. The insight in this framework are the things that, especially the first two steps, are the areas that I see so many purpose-focused entrepreneurs overlook. So as we talk about what's love got to do with it, and we look at, like, for instance, there's a a Chinese uh, proverb that says, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. Well, God pre-wired you to do work you love. That's in alignment with your assignment. You've got to get clear on compromising about it. That is one of the reasons I do the work that I do. Well, let me be clear. That's my calling, is that you get clear on your calling so that you can get in the very lane that God created you to dwell in. Another of my favorite quotes is by Steve Jobs, and he said, the only way to do great work is to to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking, don't settle. I see so many people that settle for good enough. And listen, your good enough might be that you have already gotten a six-figure paycheck. Your good enough may be that you have a corner office. Your good enough may be that you have the career you've dreamed of ever since you were little, and that's great. But God's not done with you yet. As I shared during last week's episode, my pastor covering Isaac Petrie said, listen, we live on levels and live life going through stages. If God was done with you, you'd be gone. So we don't settle. Powerful people don't settle. Mm -mm. We go after all that we love. So as we talk about what's love got to do with it, I'm going to dig deeper into it. I'm going to share with you Romans 12, 1, right? And here's what it says. And here's my Bible. As you see me looking to the side, 12, one says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I want y'all to get this. It says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. So here's the thing that's interesting, and I'm reading. So in my Spirit-filled Bible, those of you, there's notes underneath every Bible verse. So I'm not going to read all of it because this is all notes just right here. First of all, so little, and I don't have my readers in full disclosure. So I'm going to see how how much of this I can read. (laughs) Here's what it says. It says, listen, reasonable can mean pertaining to reason, 
As such, it suggests that a rational response to God's mercies is to commit ourselves in the act of worship. That our bodies are presented in worship. So here's the thing I want you to get. If we're going to be a good steward over the gift that God has given to each of us, us doing the work we love doing is stewarding our gift. This is why you getting clear on what you love is so important. Because it's no coincidence that you have this, this passion for certain things, that you love certain things. Okay. So I'm going to give you five things that you must do to sacrifice. Because isn't love, don't you sacrifice in love? See, when you love something or someone, it's not about you. It's about what do you need to do or who do you need to be to do what it is that that person that you love needs. I think about the mother who may sacrifice finishing school so that she can pay for her child to go to school. I think about the women that sometimes sacrifice their careers to be a stay-at-home mom because they have three kids and trying to juggle all these different schedules is a whole lot. One of my good girlfriends did that. And as soon as her kids went off to college, she went and got her law degree. Hello. You know, so you sacrifice and it's an act of service. So in the same way, your gift is a sacrifice to God. You know, when you think about all the people in the Old Testament, that when they would honor God, they would give God a sacrifice. So what if you gave your career as a sacrifice? Come on, somebody. You know, the thing when I say that, and I've said this in another training before, people are like, I don't want to sacrifice. But you got to understand, God knows you better than you know yourself. So when you say, God, I'm committing my career to you, he's going to only do things that are in alignment with who you be. So, of course, you're going to love it. You know, when I think about the fact that I walked away from the entertainment industry in 1993, and I love my job, by the way. Why well, I didn't walk away in 93. I walked away in, like, 96. That 93 is when I had my epiphany. It took me three more years to fully walk away. <laughs> but here's the thing I want you to get. I love this way more. Now, I do miss elements of entertainment. I can see how those pieces are coming together here because I really do produce my clients. And I've had some opportunities to do some work with some celebrities but the point I'm making is this. Had I not walked away from what I could see to go after what I couldn't see, but what I knew was rumbling inside my soul, there's no way I would have ever known that I would love this so much. But again, God knows you better. God knew me better than I know myself. You know, I remember reading this years ago that God will dream a bigger dream that you would, than you would ever dream for yourself, but you got to trust him. So if you're going to sacrifice and commit your life, your career as a steward, like you're stewarding your gifts, you're giving God back what he's given to you. That's what stewardship is. That's what tithe is, right? So what if you considered giving your business, your career to God? Now, listen, I, a lot of times I'm talking about starting business, but those of you that might watch me that are career you know, oriented, this also applies to you because when you are working in a career, listen, iPhone bless my soul. Hallelujah. Right. So thank God for Steve Jobs. But Steve couldn't have done this by himself. He needed a team of people, programmers and, and sales experts and marketing experts. And I go on and on. So understand you still are part of being an answer that is meant to solve a problem in the world. That's why God gave you the natural propensity for some things and passion for some things. And you have an eye for some things. And there are things that you love. There are also things that frustrate you. The things that frustrate you, I guarantee you, the thing that you love will answer it. So I can go into a whole conversation just about that, right? <laughs> so I'm going to give you the five things you must sacrifice to have a purpose-focused, successful business. 
So if we're talking about what's love got to do with it, you've got to make a sacrifice. Y'all ready? And let me see where you are in this journey. Mm -hmm. And I got a gift for you, so hang tight. Number one, the first thing you got to sacrifice is who you already are. See, when God calls you to your next, and you've heard me talk about this, a purpose matriculation system, in order for you to matriculate the next, you've got to let go of where you already are. So when I think about my eighth grade teacher, Miss Meg Morris, who is my friend on Facebook. Hey, Miss Meg Morris, if you're watching this, <laughs> she treated us like family. Okay. Yes, I'm still in touch with my eighth grade teacher. Love her. Right. All my friends, all of us that went to school because she just treated us all like family. And when I had to leave the comfort of my eighth grade classroom to go to high school. Now, listen. I had 13 people in my eighth grade class. Uh -huh. I went to Inglewood Christian School. Shout out to ICS. And then I went to this huge school, thousands of people. It was a whole different experience. But I had to let go of comfort of the 13 people that were in my eighth grade class to go into a sea of a whole different experience. That's what I mean by letting go. You got to sacrifice who you were to become who you have yet to be. So in order to do that, you got to let go. When I left entertainment, I had to let go of all the people I knew. I had to let go of all the names on lists I had. I had to let go of all the parties I could get into. I had to let go of all the accoutrement, the red carpets, the everything, y'all. Listen, I had stars on speed dial. I had to let all of that go in order to do this thing that I didn't even know what to call it in 1993 because I didn't know there was no such thing as coaching. At least I hadn't heard of it. But again, God will dream a bigger dream than you dream for yourself. And sometimes, listen, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we focus on what we can see. And because we focus on what we see and we're not guaranteed to be success, we're like, Lord, I need a guarantee. Instead of saying, God, I trust you. God, I need you to guarantee that if I leave here, how dare you tell God that when he made you in the first place? And the way you are wired is what's happening inside you. Your wires are, listen, your job is just no longer big enough for your gift. So it's busting out. You're busting at the seams. <laughs> and some of you would choose number two to be comfort comfortable. Listen, your comfort and your conviction can never coexist. You will hear me say this over and over and over again, because when I meet highly successful people like you, you're comfortable. And it's the comfort that makes it really, really hard. Or you've done a certain number of things to get where you are. and You think, oh, I'm going to do these same things over here and it doesn't work. So then you run back because that's comfortable. Oh, no, 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 no. God is always going to do it in a really uncomfortable way. I think I read this. Um, might have read this last week, but I feel like I should read it again. So Genesis 12 tells the story of Adam. I mean, not Adam, of um, Abraham. <laughs> Adam's in here too. In Genesis, he's just a little further in the front of Genesis. So um, Abram was his name, and God changed his name to Abraham after he left and did the thing God called him to do. So this is in Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make your name great. His name wasn't great already. That was God promising him. I'm going to make your name great. But you, first, you got to leave. First, you got to leave what's comfortable. First, you got to leave what you know. First, I'm going to take you to a place that you don't know. And I need you to trust me. So he says it four times because God knew it's hard. God said, I will make your name great. I will bless you and make your name great. So he said it twice. And I will bless those who bless you, period. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you uh, and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. So God told him, I'm going to bless you twice. I'm going to make your name great twice. Because God knew it was going to be hard. That's in the Bible, y'all. I didn't make that up. 
So God already knows it's going to be hard. But will you choose to trust God or are you going to choose comfort? One of my favorite quotes by Stephen Furtek is, the enemy of faith is not fear. It's actually familiarity. Because we want to stay where it's familiar. We want to stay where it's easy. We want to stay in where we know. And Adam had to leave everything and everybody in order for God to show him something new. And some of you, God's been trying to show you something new, but you keep choosing comfort. The other area of comfort, which is number three, is money. You know, it's interesting. Mark Cuban said this. Those of you that don't know who Mark Cuban is, Mark Cuban is an entrepreneur. He's on Shark Tank, but he also is the owner of Dallas Mavericks. Okay. Listen, this is what he said. And I'm quoting, I'm reading it. Mark, Mark Cuban once said that people who start businesses on loans are fools. Loans aside, you'll have to sacrifice a lot of money to start a business. Because, see, people rely on other people giving them money. What if nobody ever gave you money? I know for me, nobody ever gave me money. I started calling my daytime job my investor because me staying employed is how I paid to start my business. <laughs> and you're going to have to spend money to make money. So you can't just quit and think, oh, I'm going to start generating revenue. Okay, that's a great big lofty hope. I'm a step on faith. But God doesn't tell you to have stupid faith. He wants you to have wise faith. Let's have strategic faith. <laughs> and then, so once I started making predictable revenue and I quit my job, my faith was that I was going to continue to make that predictable revenue. But in the beginning, I began my business alongside because you're going to need money to make money. So people make that an excuse. Listen, my very first coach, I didn't have a, a huge ex uh, expense account. I didn't have some inheritance that I got from my parents. I didn't have a savings account. Let me keep it all the way. I was paying off my student loans. My first coach cost 30000 And those of you that have heard my story that my business failed for years and I was only making 13000 by the way, that was on a good year. I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford not to do it. How did I pay for that? I couldn't get a loan for that. Again, I didn't have some big savings account. I put it on my credit card. And I said to myself, I'm going to do whatever my coach tells me to do, and I'm going to pay it off. In six months, my business went from 13000 to over 200000 And I know it's because I had to invest at the level I wanted to see the return. Many people think, I'm going to do this free webinar over here. I'm going to do this free webinar over here. I had a whole free notebook that produced no fruit no revenue. Because what happens when you do all this free stuff, it gives you a little bit of strategy, but not enough to really move anything forward. It wasn't until I hired that coach that I saw all the holes and she began to show me how to connect all these dots from all that free stuff I got. But I had to pay $30,000 to get that. Was it worth it? I, I say yeah, because I've been growing by leaps and bounds since. Matter of fact, I've net had less than a six-figure year since. Come on, Lord, and drop that in my spirit, right? So you've got to understand that it will take you spending money to make money. So those of you that are trying to do the cheap way, okay, you're going to get what you give. You Listen, you sow what you reap. You Excuse me, you reap what you sow. Sow little money, get little result. Pour everything you have into it, you get everything you have, and then some God will always give you double for your trouble, as, as, as uh, my past used to say. <laughs> so I had to stop being cheap with my transformation. I had to be willing to invest. Listen, God invests gifts and talents in you and each of us. So I said, if God invested this gift in me, let me invest in what God invested. Listen, there's a story in the Bible, uh, a parable of talents. It's in Matthew, I believe, 25. I'm not going to look it up just for time's sake. And in the parable of talents, it talks about a boss. 
And many of you guys have heard this story that had three employees. And he's like, I'm going away. He gave one employee, uh, I can't remember how much, but just let me just say it like this. He gave each of the three employees talents to hold while he was gone. The first one invested the talents and got three times back. Second one invested, got two times back. The third one dug a hole in the ground and put the talents, which I believe is money, but it's interesting, it's called talents. Mm. Put the talents in the ground. And when the boss came back, this first one said, well, I got three times. I got two times. The second one said, the first one said, well, here's your money. He said, well, you didn't do anything with it. And he got severely punished for that. So here's the thing I want you to get from me sharing that. How will you give God a great return on his investment in you? Number four, you've got to let go of fear and doubt. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be scary to start a business, but God never asked you to not be afraid. See, faith is fear in reverse. It's when you feel the fear, but you look at it dead in the face, that faith gets activated. That's when you got to trust God the most. That's when you've got to know like you know that God would not put you someplace and let you fall. And if you're activating the gift, you're sacrificing in order to activate the gift he put in you. Oh, he's going to show up and show out. As he said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and, and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. That wasn't just for Abraham. Why do you think it's in the Bible for us all to read it? I'm just saying. And the last but not least, perception and public opinion. You know, often we're worried about what will other people think and what will people have to say? Oh, this was a big one for me because I had this huge entertainment industry job and this other thing, what do I call it? And when I started sharing it with a couple of my friends, they were like, are you crazy? Well, I felt crazy because I didn't know what it was, but I kept feeling this inkling in my soul and I couldn't deny that. I kept feeling this thing inside me that was making me excited and passionate about it. Listen, I remember staying up all night writing out all this content and all these workshops, which I still love doing this, by the way. But I'm a natural producer. It's like writing scripts. I love it. But that's who I be. I can see people's gifts and see all the ways you can make money from it. That's who I be. And I couldn't deny it. And so I could choose to do this thing or I could choose to stay in the lane that everybody else would ever recognize me. I could choose to do this thing that was rumbling in my soul. I could choose to go down the path that I know God created for me. I could choose this thing that I know everybody honored me and I, I looked really, really big and I, I was doing these big baller shot caller kind of things. Or I could do this thing that might have looked little, <laughs> that might not have looked like much. But God will always give you a ruler over little before he makes you ruler over much. He'll see if he can trust you with a gift before he's going to give you everything that he has in store for you. So as we look at what's love got to do with it, the biggest piece I want you to think about is the sacrifice it will take for you to pivot into what's next for you. See, God doesn't give you this inkling of around your purpose. He's not checking your resume. He's not checking your bio. He's not checking your check account. He's checking your faith. He's not looking at B of A or Chase or Wells Fargo and saying, hey, she, can she afford that? Can he afford that? No. He knows what he has in store for you when you trust him, when you can't see it. Again, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're going to stop here and take a quick commercial break and we'll be back for more. Are you ready to start or grow your purpose-focused business? 
Well, that's the exact reason I'm inviting you to join me at my virtual two-day intensive called Be The Answer. This is where I get to coach you and teach you in two days all you need to, number one, get clear your purpose, your niche, or even how your brilliance can and should produce your paycheck. Number two, how to stand out in the sea of people who do what you do and build a tribe that will buy. And number three, to create multiple streams of revenue in your business, but ultimately to position you to live as the highest and best version of who God created you to be. See, Be The Answer is an event where I give you the tools you need to create and sustain a business that you're passionate about, all while showing you how to generate multiple streams of income. Now, there are many conferences that give you a feel-good message and send you away feeling motivated and inspired, but once you get home, you realize that motivation and inspiration just isn't enough to catapult your business or your purpose forward. So, no, there will not be a bunch of speakers. It's me and you and a select few for the two days where I give you the step-by-step action you need to move your business into real profit right now. I can't wait to coach you and teach you in those two days at Be The Answer. Learn more and register at BeTheAnswerEvent.com. So again, continuing with that conversation, as we dig deeper into step one of my brilliance framework. So it's a four part framework. So obviously we're in a series for the next few weeks. This is week one as we talk from step one, which is what are you passionate about? So think about what that really means. We were talking about doing work we love, doing work we're called to do. To love something or someone, it's not about you. It's about the other person. And when it's not about you, that means you will do whatever it takes to help, to serve, to support the other person, the other thing, right? Which requires you to make a sacrifice. Now, I said this in part one of our conversation, but let me repeat it again here. To sacrifice is to give up something you really want for the benefit of someone else. Now, it's not truly sacrifice if you're pouting about it or upset. (laughs) It's sacrifice when you do it because you know it's needed and you're happy about it and you're not looking to be acknowledged for it. This indeed is why Esther is one of my favorite girls in the Bible. See, when Esther hears that Haman, now Esther's story is much longer than this. I'm not going to tell you the whole story of Esther, but I want to dig into this sacrifice piece. So Esther, who was a queen that became Jew. Now, a Jew can never become queen. So long story short, her her uncle shifted her name from Hadassah to Esther. She became queen. So Esther now hears that Haman, the king's right hand man, has this plot out to kill all her people. So basically, what does Esther say in Esther 416? I'm reading says, I will go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. See, Esther was willing to let go of her own desire. Now, listen, if I was in the king's palace and I had all these robes and all these people working for me and someone said, Nicole, will you stand the gap for your people? Mm, Let me think about this for a moment. (laughs) That'd be a hard decision, right? But Esther realizes that she has only one decision that will ultimately not just save her to save all her people. Listen, even before that, Mordecai says to her in Esther 4.14, he says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And what I know for sure as we each come to our own for such a time as this moment. So what I hope you get from Esther is that the sacrifice 
or sacrifice is really required. It's required in our relationship with God, right? So here's the thing that, that I think is so interesting is God is always going to ask you to sacrifice what you can see for you to go after what you can't see. So those of you that know my story that I worked in Hollywood for, for almost 10 years, when God told me to make a pivot. And I was comfortable. I had my name on all the lists. See, what I could see was what I was already doing. What God was telling me to do was this thing in 1993. And I say this thing because I, I had never heard of a coach. I had to sacrifice what I already knew for what God was showing me to do. So I'm going to give you two steps. And then I want to open up the conversation that you've got to do to allow your passion to produce your paycheck and really activate your calling. So the first step, you're going to need to walk by faith and not by sight. So what I've learned from studying Esther and countless other people, and I believe God had me study Esther years ago because I was in an Esther-like moment myself. Now, I didn't, if I perish, I perish. It wasn't about me dying. But I had to sacrifice what I could see, okay? So what I learned is we need to learn, even with baby steps, to obey God and really taking each step. When you're taking it in faith, you're acknowledging that God is going to take care of it all. See, faith is really risky business. It's risky because you're dealing with something you can't see. See, if you can see it, then it's not having faith. If you have the outcome, like you can see how you're going to do all this stuff to get to it, it's not faith. If you can see the destination during every turn, it's not faith. Like, for instance, when we're using a GPS, a GPS outlines the entire path. You're driving and it gives you the arrival point. So guess what? That's not faith. And so many people that I meet that, that talked to me about starting a business, asked me questions like, so can you guarantee I will gen- I'll make six figures within a year? Or how soon can you tell me I'll make profit? Or how, will I bu- how soon will I have a tribe ready to buy from me? And yeah, I can give you all of that strategy, but again, you won't see the end from the beginning. So I believe what God does is he's waiting for you to take one step before he's going to give you the next or show you what's available in your next And so you need both, I say this all the time, you need revelation and methodology. You need strategy and faith. And so for me, when I left entertainment, can I tell you that God showed me the vision of what I'm doing today? I left entertainment in 1996. I got the the vision in 1993, took me to 1996 to really step out and start really doing it, right? I was baby towing it. Meaning when I say baby towing it, I mean put my baby toe in the water. You guys know when you get to the pool, you want to see if it's cold, you put your baby toe in. (laughs) That was me with my purpose for years until I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. But God showed me the vision of what I'm doing today then. Now it took me way longer than it should have to get here. And that's part of the reason I'm passionate about you not having to take the same long journey I did. So faith is acting on what you do not see. And so I couldn't see how I was going to get here, but I kept relying on what I knew to do and not trusting and believing in who God is and trusting and believing that God would show up in my steps. Once I started doing it, my business really started to grow. See, faith is taking one step when it's only one step available for you to see. And you take it believing that that's what God wants you to do. And that's it. He's not going to show you any more than that. Because he's going to check to see if you believe him. Okay. The second thing you've got to do if you want a successful business is you need to make sacrifices. See, when you trust God in the face of the unknown, that's a true act of faith. So in summary, and I want to open up our conversation here, to do work you love and even more to do what God has created you to do, you will need to make sacrifices. Remember, these are the five things you must sacrifice to have purpose, uh, have a purpose focused business. I shared this in part one. Again, these are the five things you've got to sacrifice. Number one, you've got to sacrifice your position and what you already know. 
All of that is great. God's not coming for that. He's coming for who you have not yet become. You got to sacrifice your comfort zone. Oh, because we get comfortable in that nice cushy job. I was comfortable in entertainment, y'all. Really comfortable. I had to sacrifice my comfort. I had to sacrifice money. You know, what's interesting is when you're starting a, a business and it's not a hard product business, first of all, when you're starting a business, most people will not give you startup funds for something that's not tangible. And when you're doing something purpose-focused, and what I mean by that is service-based. So whether you're already an accountant or you're trying to grow another revenue stream, or maybe you've been serving in corporate for years and now you want to take what you begin a corporate paycheck for and you want to be, build a business from it, that's not tangible. Unless it's a pen, a cup, and I don't serve people that do heart product. I only serve people that do purpose-focused, meaning you're going to take your gift and use it to benefit other people, your brilliance, your know-how, Okay. And nine times out of 10, you will not get a loan for that. You won't. You won't get a loan until you already have revenue generated because a business, a bank is a business, wants to see your ability to generate revenue. So when you start, you're not getting a loan. So that means you got to sacrifice money. I tell people all the time. I call my, I, back then I called my business, I mean, excuse me, my, my job, my investor, because it invested in me being able to pay my, my rent. That became mortgage, my lights, <laughs> investing in me being able to eat. And then I had to invest money in my business. You got to spend money to make money. So you're going to sacrifice money. You have to. Number four, you got to let go of, of fear and doubt. And what I mean by let go of it, let go of you thinking that that's not going to happen. You got to learn to do it afraid. It's going to be scary. You're going to think you, go, you could fail and you could. But that's why it's a risk, and that's why you've got to trust God in the middle of it. It wasn't until I was willing to risk it all to gain it all that everything changed for me. And the last thing you've got to let go of, you've got to sacrifice perception and public opinion. Who cares what everybody else thinks? What does God say? I remember when I left entertainment, all my friends, I kept saying, are you crazy? I kept thinking, uh, yeah, I feel crazy. <laughs> but I got to trust God more than I can see where I'm going, more than I can even explain to people what I was doing. So where are you in these areas? Are you, are you in the middle of a fight? Are you playing it comfortable so you haven't even acknowledged that it is a fight? I want to support you and talk about it this morning because these are the things that people don't tell you when you're starting a business. These are the conversations people don't have. That God's not coming for who you already are. So that means you're going to have to do some things and be some things and shift some things and, and learn some things. And people make it seem like, oh, it's going to be so easy. That's a lie. But you wouldn't be making a sacrifice. And let me tell you, although I, I won't even lie to you that there are things I had to learn. It took me way too long to learn that made it hard because I was being hard headed at the beginning. If I could have seen where I am now years ago when I was trying to play it safe, when I didn't want to sacrifice money. And by the way, sacrificing money also means investing in yourself. It means you got to pay for some things. And I was trying to do it the cheap way and do it the free way. Had I known then what I know now, baby, I would have been investing in, I would have invested in the culture way before I did. I would have let go of my title. I would have let go of the fact that I'm going to have to spend my money to make some money. And even more to affect change the way that I knew I was really meant to affect change. So if you have questions, thoughts, comments, raise your hand. I'd love to hear from you this morning as we hear from Yolanda. Good morning, Miss Yolanda. Good morning. My name is Yolanda Churchwell and I am the system solutionist. Um, all I can say is I'm really full. Um, sacrifice is giving up some things for things that you find to be more important. So at the end of the day, and and my thoughts are still twirling in my head, so please forgive me. But at the end of the day, we have to be willing to 
give up everything except for God. Um, and in doing so, he, he will give back to us, but you have to do it. You have to be sacrificing, not out of wanting to get something back, but out of love. So what does love have to do with it? Love is kind of what uh, pushes you to sacrifice in the first place. But you're going to fall in and out of love with everything except for God. Everything else you're going to love one day and not love the next because nothing is going to be as consistent. Nothing is going to be as awesome. Nothing is going to be as wonderful. Nothing is going to hold you in the middle of the night on them see-nothing days like God. So you have to be willing to give it all over to him. Um, this is just, I don't know why, but this is so in line but with, with my thoughts for the last week or so. But when he gives to you, you have to be willing to give it back. You have to be willing to say, um, I want this really, really bad. But God, I'm going to give it to you because I don't know what to do with it. God, I'm going to give it back because I want what you want. And, and in doing so, he's going to bless you. But again, your motives have to be the right way. And just remember, he's not going to ask anything of us that he's not willing to do himself. He gave his only child. And I don't have children um, by choice, but... I, I, there are some things that I hold near and dear to my heart and I can't imagine just giving them up to people who were going to mistreat them. And so he gave up his son for people who were going to mistreat him so that everybody would have a better life. So we have to give up some things that may mean a little bit to us in order to get the things that are best for us. And those things that are best for us are going to be not only good for us, but good for his kingdom. And so the gift that he has given you that is deep down inside of you, you have to give up some other things so that he can help you to uh, nourish that and develop that, that in such a way that you will not only profit and prosper from it, but so will his kingdom. Other people will. So good. So good. Were you finished, Yolanda? Yeah, I'm just deep. I'm full. Oh, no, because she's, I can tell you, deep in thought. You know, what's interesting, I love everything you said is uh, what's interesting is if we knew what God had in store for us, right? If we remembered Ephesians 3.20, which I say all the time, to him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think. So when we're letting go of our will for God's will, because usually we're holding on to tangible. We're holding on to what we can see. We're holding on to the job we already know we have. We're holding on to the income we already know we have. We're holding on to the cushy house that we don't want to get rid of when we don't have income, right? But that's what we can see. If God is going to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we ask or think, we've got to trust him to do it. Look, I didn't write that Bible verse. God said it. Jesus, somebody around Jesus wrote it down and Jesus said it, <laughs> if it's in the New Testament. <laughs> so you've got to understand and trust. So when I walked away from entertainment, y'all, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And yet, that wasn't my only pivot. God, listen, as Pastor Petrie said last week during um, Pioneer Pivot Week, we live on levels and, and our life grows through stages. God never intended for you to end where you start. So you got to continue to move through and activate the new level that is before you. And it's always good, but will you trust God that he's doing for your good or are you going to only trust you? So with that, good morning, Renata. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? I know I'm in a bad Yes, ma'am. We can hear you. Okay. Well, my name is Renarda Joy, and I help motivated investors 
take the money that they've earned and create more revenue. So Nicole, as usual, <laughs> last night's segment, I felt like you were just talking only to me, like the spotlight was all on me. <laughs> I could insert myself in all five of the sacrifices, but the one that really stood out for me was the first one, letting go who I was before. That was a tough one because I've always pretty much gotten in, my, stayed in, gotten in my own way, right? You hear me say it over and over. I was so comfortable playing it safe, staying in survivor's mode. But the moment I let go and I went from, you know, just wanting to have my own business for freedom or because I wanted the flexibility to, to do whatever I wanted to do at my own call, God showed me just how I was actually playing small and how he wired me from a little girl to really help people, but on a bigger level, level bigger than I could ever actually comprehend. And, and now when I say bigger, I mean, he's given my gift that he's given me. It won't just bless me and my family and my legacy, but it can bless other legacies and affect many generations. So now that gets me super excited because it's more exciting than flexibility and freedom because God chose me right? He's entrusting me with handpicked clients. And all I got to do is show up and have childlike faith. And the scripture that really comes to mind for me is Proverbs 18, 16, where it says a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. And because I knew how much God loved me, I had to say, I know he knows what's best for me. I have to be willing to move myself out of the way and entrust that he's going to work this all out because his ways and his thoughts are higher than mine. And so that's where it got me at. And at that point, I really didn't understand it to, to the level that I do now, but it really didn't get fully activated, if I'm really honest, until I came to your event last year. And I'm going to keep saying it. And this isn't a, you know, you didn't ask me to say this. But I just want to say, when I came to your event last year, I was desperate. I knew that I needed a change. I knew I felt like I had all the knowledge, all the skill set, and I did have clients, but I really wasn't producing the results that I really needed to, re to receive until I got activated. So I just want to say thank you, and I hope that this has given somebody some insight to move forward with yourself and get out the way. That's the best advice I can tell you is move, get out the way. That's so good. You know, you guys know I, I'm one part Jesus girl, one part ratchet. So when you said move, get out of the way, immediately what popped in my head was ludicrous. Oh, that's what I was referencing. <laughs> <laughs> right? But you've got to. And I'm going to tell you, you know, because again, where you are is great. But God always has a new level for you. And if you try to stay where you are, and a number of people that come to me that say, well, I've been doing my business for 10 years. Okay, great. How much money have you generated? And when they say, well, uh, you know, uh, 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 all of that means that God has more for you, but you're trying to fight to stay where you are. When God will give you more, but listen, I, another quote I say all the time, the tools you've used on this level are not sufficient for your next. So you've got to get new tools or else you're going to keep doing what you know when there's a whole nother level available to you. So thank you for sharing that, Renata. Good morning, Pastor Darlene. Welcome. Good morning, Nicole. Oh, my goodness. It is so good to speak with you this morning. All this morning has been about trust. That's what I've been uh, reading about, praying about is trust. And that and Renata said, you know, getting Renata, sorry, when you get out of your own way and really let God take you from one level to the next, that's what makes all the difference. I'm experiencing that now. And it's and it was because of 
fear. It was because of doubt. It was because of all the things that you're talking about, the sacrifices that I had in the past been unwilling to make because I didn't know what it was going to bring me to. But when you move those things out of the way and say, you know what, God, you made me and you know what's best for me. And I've got to trust you with every fiber of my being and do it even when I don't see what the next step is going to be. Because I understand that scripture says that the word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. We can only see the circumference around us, but he's always showed us the, the bigger picture. And if he showed us the bigger picture and that's what we're going to get to, we've got to trust him and have faith to believe that he's going to take us step by step. So this year has been just that walking step by step and seeing him open doors that I hadn't imagined could be open, that he was taking me to places and spaces I could not have imagined. But because I have opened myself up to trust him and get out of my own way and let him lead me, it is making all of the difference in the world. So I just wanted to come up and confirm and, and reaffirm to myself that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and that I'm being in the space that I'm supposed to be in. And I wanna say thank you to Unicol because you are saying yes every day. And because of your yes, and you don't, you may not even know this, but I've been following you for years <laughs> from, and you have been a blessing to me for all, for all of this time. And I'm so thankful for you. And I wanna give you your flowers while you are here to smell them and hear them. Thank you for everything that you do for all of us. I and I yield the mic. I appreciate you, I appreciate it. And here's what I want you guys to know, even from with her saying that, is every day that I say yes, to even host this, it's a faith walk. I don't know if what I'm going to say is going to resonate with anybody, but I'm obedient first. So, you know, all credit is due to God. And then dare I say it, it's because I'm obedient and obedience. They always say obedience is better than sacrifice. Let me tell you why, because it takes sacrifice to be obedient, but you got to do both. Right. I love what you said, Pastor uh, Darlene, lamp to our feet, light on our path. And that is a Bible verse. Y'all, so look it up. But here's what I want y'all to get. I want you, want you to, to visualize this. Faith is walking in the dark. To walk by faith is actually walking in the dark. And when he says, the Bible says, lamp to our feet. So as you're walking, the light shines, but you've got to walk. See, walking is not standing still. If you're standing still, it's like, you guys know those um, light up shoes all the kids had? And I'm aging myself because I was too old to have the light up tennis shoes. But you know, and the little kids still have them now and they walk and the light, light shines. That's what faith is. So when you're activating and you're moving and you're doing it despite the fact you can't see, the light comes on as you walk. But when you stand still and you're praying and waiting on God and waiting on God, what's happening is God is waiting on you. And when you start to walk, the path gets lit, but it only lights right in front of you. So even if you got to walk 30 miles and that's where the, the vision activation is, you got to keep walking until you get to it. You can't stop. And, and what's interesting is when people uh, quote, and all this stuff is coming in my head right now, I know this is all God, Habakkuk 2, uh, 1, I believe it is, you know, write the vision, make it plain. But it says after that, though the vision tarry, in other words, though it's probably taking long, though it's probably a longer walk than you thought it would be, I need you to understand all of that is an act of sacrifice. I'm sacrificing what I need and what I want to continue to trust God on this path that I can't see where I'm going. And so if anything, I want to encourage you, those of you that are starting a business, it is a faith walk. When you first start, you're excited because you see the vision. It's all exciting. Yes. But then you realize, oh, I'm in the middle. Though it tarry, 
And it will tarry. I don't care who you are. Even for Oprah. Y'all remember the TV network? Oh, she it tarried, all right. <laughs> but she was a million dollars in debt over her tarry. Where are you in your journey? Those of you that need support, you know, I, I'm always going to invite you. I'm going to invite you every episode because March 18th and 19th, I am holding my two-day virtual intensive, Be the Answer. So those of you that need support, whether it's getting clear on your niche, the lane that God created you to dwell in, and many people start a business, and the reason your business is not making money is because you have not gotten clear on your niche, your lane. So we do work on that. Then we move from there into what I call optimize, where we're really looking at how do you allow your tribe to see you? You need more than marketing. The greatest lesson I learned from Oprah is that you got to be transparent. And so I teach you how to use transparency in your business as a light to the path that people will see and come as they see you as their answer. So how do you build a tribe that will buy, in other words, right? <laughs> Third is how do you create multiple streams of revenue? Everybody wants to know that. But can I tell you, we will create six streams of revenue in the room together. But before we do that work, if you don't understand your niche and you don't know how to create what I call a visibility plan, not marketing, then you won't ever get to the six dreams. You just won't. And then finally, we leave creating what I call a master biz plan because you can build a business plan. But I'm going to tell you, if you don't know your, your niche and you don't know your visibility strategy, you aren't ready for a business. You, you can't write a business plan. So we create what I call a 30, 60, 90 day strategy. So you know how to activate what you've learned in that weekend. Be the answer event.com. So listen, for my clubhouse ladies, those of you that are here with me, send me an inbox message. I'll give you a fellas. It's not just for the ladies, it's for the fellas too. Um, all of you that are listening into to us here. I have $100 off for you, but send me an inbox message in Instagram saying, Nicole, I need that $100 off coupon. I got you. I have a limited number, but I want to offer this to you here in Clubhouse because here's the thing I know. When you come and you show up live, I want to honor that. Okay. So if you're ready for coaching, and by the way, it's not a bunch of speakers, it's me and you. It's a coaching intensive. I'm coaching a small group of people in those two days, March 18th and 19th. And there's more information on the page, right? So with that said, I want to thank Pastor Darlene and Renata and Yolanda for coming up and sharing this morning. The th thing that I really am holding the space for this year and really every year is that you go after your next level. Again, who you are is done. Your bio, your resume is complete. What's God's next for you? What's been rumbling in your spirit? What's the thing you know like you know you desire greatly? God put that desire in your heart. So all you've got to do is get the strategy to go and get it. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Faith, Purpose, Profit podcast. Now I want you to walk away from these episodes with value. So I want you to write down the answers to one of these questions. Number one, what was your greatest takeaway? Number two, what will you do different as a result of what you heard? You may have heard something you've heard before, or you may have learned something new. Either way, don't take the insight that you got for granted. I want you to commit to doing one thing different as a result of what you heard. And then I want you to share it, share your takeaways in our Facebook group. Go to thebrilliancetribe.com and use the hashtag FPP podcast. Now, the last thing I want to ask you to do, if you got any value out of this episode is to share it with your community, post it on social media, tell people to join our conversation by going to fpppodcast.com. Now, until the next time, be extraordinary, be unapologetic, be bodaciously all that God created you to be as you connect your faith with purpose so that as you be the answer you were born to be in this world, God can give you the profit you deserve as a gift for a job well done.